0: Chapter 21 of Pollyanna of the Orange Blossoms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Claire. Pollyanna of the Orange Blossoms by Harriet Lummis Smith. Chapter 21 Goodbye. After leaving her own apartment, Pollyanna stayed with Judith for a week, doing so large a share of the housework that Judith frequently declared that she felt as if she were making a visit for that matter both girls worked tirelessly from early till late spending most of the daylight hours at the red cross knitting through the evening and sometimes falling asleep in their chairs from sheer over fatigue pollyanna was never too busy nor too tired for her daily letter to jimmy long letters they were too full of things calculated to make him laugh the story of the socks judith knitted which absolutely refused to be mates was told so entertainingly that jimmy chuckled over it at intervals for a week pollyanna saw many sights these days calculated to bring the tears rather than smiles but of these she said nothing in her letters nor did she say a word of the matter which would have interested him more profoundly than anything else in the world on her way to baldingsville she stopped at plattsburg for a few days days she would not have exchanged for the promise of as many years in the distant future the work going on there would have made a profound impression on a mind more critical than hers though perhaps her confidence that a certain cadet james pendleton by name was the most soldierly and magnificent figure in the entire encampment might not have been as generally accepted as she supposed of course jimmy had comparatively little time to give her but to watch from afar the manoeuvres of the khaki clad figures of which he was one was a joy only second to that of the hours when the round of drill and duty ceased to claim him. They always made haste to leave the camp for some spot where they could talk, undisturbed, though, as a matter of fact, they seldom spoke of what was nearest their hearts, but only of commonplace matters that all the world might have heard. Even happier, Pollyanna thought, were the moments when they did not try to talk at all, but sat silent, hand in hand, perhaps perched on the high cliffs through which the river had cut a deep gorge or sitting in the shade and quiet of the woods pollyanna had little thought to spare for nature just then yet she discovered afterward that those scenes to which she had seemingly given such scant attention were etched ineffaceably on her memory she could shut her eyes and see again with perfect distinctness the sheer walls of the cannon the turbulent water the falls the spray flung skyward breaking the sun's rays into the colours of the rainbow a little more than a year from the time she and jimmy had waited for the tardy train that was to bear them away into the new life pollyanna came back alone to beldingsville the station had not changed perceptibly since the day she had come on to aunt polly from the west a little girl with flaxen braids and such a hungry heart the station had not changed but life had remembering that lonely child who for all her desperate playing of the game felt so friendless and forlorn pollyanna thought herself rich indeed there was no timothy with the old-fashioned buggy to meet the train as on pollyanna's first arrival but a handsome limousine drawn up near the little station made it look smaller and shabbier than ever on the station platform was quite a group of people and as pollyanna recognized one after another their names burst from her lips in jubilant exclamations aunt polly oh dear aunt polly why uncle john and aunt ruth and Sadie and Jamie! Oh, how wonderful!' They gathered around her like swarming bees about the Queen, and there was not enough of her for the outstretching arms. Everyone wanted to hug and kiss her at once, and so the moment Pollyanna had dreaded, the homecoming without Jimmy, lost its terrors and became a beautiful memory. "'How do you all happen to be here?' Pollyanna demanded, as she walked to the waiting car, several arms around her waist and in such a tangle that she could not for the life of her have told to whom they belonged well we generally spend most of the summer in baldingsville said mr pendleton there has been so much to do this year that we're late getting away but your aunt needs a rest sadly and we thought the change of air would be a good thing for jamie pollyanna glancing over her shoulder caught jamie's eye she had been on the point of inquiring about his health but something in his resentful gaze taught her better ''I don't believe a word of it,'' she declared merrily. ''Nobody needs a rest and nobody needs a change. You're here just because you thought I'd be glad to see you, and I love you all for it.'' Indeed, the way was to be made unexpectedly easy for Pollyanna. In this crisis Aunt Polly proved a tower of strength. Not for nothing was she a descendant of the Harringtons. One of her ancestors had fought at Bennington, and in each of the nation's wars since the family had been represented aunt polly could be fretful complaining and easily disheartened over the ups and downs of everyday existence but now her country was at war and she stood up as unruffled by the hardships and distresses of the time as a pillar of granite jimmy has done exactly what i expected declared aunt polly as soon as she had pollyanna to herself of course he's not really a harrington but he represents the family it's all very well for the others to wait till the draft but not one of our men aunt polly had never seemed in better health than now she had plunged into red cross work with a zest which would have been creditable in a woman half her age the country was the only thing that mattered now she could spare no thought for personal disappointments or suffering the life or death of the individual whoever he might be mattered little so that the republic lived there had been times in pollyanna's remembrance when aunt polly had diffused an atmosphere suggestive of a warm muggy spring day extremely relaxing. But now she was as exhilarating as an October gale. Pollyanna improved an early opportunity to inquire about Jamie, and Aunt Polly compressed her lips and shook her head. They're worried about him, and I don't wonder. He's none too strong at best, and now he's fretting himself to death because he can't do a man's part in this war. Poor fellow! But he can do a man's part, Pollyanna cried, knitting her brows protestingly one who writes as he does can help wonderfully i'm afraid objected aunt polly that writing things will seem to him a very poor substitute for fighting at least she ended magnificently if i had a son i should expect him to feel that way pollyanna did not attempt to change aunt polly's opinion she reserved her fire for jamie who she was sure would not be along in voicing similar sentiments and as a matter of fact he came over the next morning bringing a dinner invitation from mrs pendleton and at once made pollyanna the confidant of his wretchedness i don't know how to bear it pollyanna honestly i don't i'd give all the rest of my life to have jimmy's body just one year think of the things that are happening on the other side and me tied to my crutches a baby to be coddled and fussed over you heard uncle john say that they thought a change of air would do me good that's the sort of thing that hurts Jimmy can go across to France and risk his life every hour in the day, and I have to be moved around from place to place like an old woman, in hopes that the change will benefit me." Pollyanna looked at his quivering face with more sympathy than she dared disclose. She said quietly, "'Seems to me you forget how much you can help by your writing.' "'Writing?' Jamie laughed mirthlessly. "'A good safe job.' "'A pretty necessary one,' Pollyanna replied with spirit. You don't imagine jamie that everybody in the united states is as loyal as we are here in beldingsville do you jamie looked at her with a change of expression she was quick to note and she went on earnestly if you can write things that will rouse the people who are only half awake and win over the half-hearted you'll be worth as much as any man who goes to france she could see by his intent look that she had made an impression i suppose there is something to be done along that line jamie acknowledged at last and you can write things that will help the boys in the camps and after they get across you know jamie that when the first excitement is over and the days are just alike hard and monotonous with nothing to break the routine but danger for a moment her voice shook then quickly steadied it's going to be hard for lots of them When war meant marching and fighting at close quarters and charging the enemy's lines, I believe it was easier than it is now, when they dig themselves in and stand in trenches waiting to be killed. If you can write things that will help to keep their patriotism at white heat, you'll be doing as much as anybody.' "'By Jove!' shouted Jamie, sitting forward on the edge of his chair. "'You're right about that!' "'You might even write a song!' cried Pollyanna, taking fire herself, as she watched his kindling face. Think of having the men in the camp singing one of your songs, Jamie, and forgetting all their fears and doubts and grumbling—everything but the chance to serve their country. Wouldn't you rather have written the Battle Hymn of the Republic than to have been one of the generals at Gettysburg? I would. Jamie caught her hands. His face had changed almost beyond recognition. It was aglow with eagerness. His newborn enthusiasm had brought the blood tingling to his cheeks. His eyes were pools of light. Pollyanna, he gasped if i could do that it would count as much as fighting you can do something that counts pollyanna insisted you're making a name for yourself and ever so many people are all the time looking for your next book write things that will help make us all brave and more loyal and you won't have reason to envy anybody i'll do it jamie cried He was still holding her hands tightly, and he gave each a little squeeze before relinquishing them. "'Pollyanna, you've made me feel as if I could start in playing your game again. I've been making a fizzle of it lately. Things have been so unspeakably hard.' Pollyanna shook her head at him reproachfully. "'That's just the time to play it, for all you're worth.' "'I suppose so. But you don't know—' Jamie stopped, looked at her closely, and bit his lip. "'Pollyanna, forgive me. You do know if anybody does i've been such a selfish coward wrapped up in my own troubles that i haven't been able to realize that other people were having a hard time too but if you can play the game now surely i ought to be able to play it pollyanna was astonished to find it so easy to slip back into her old place there were the same duties to be performed that had been hers when she was pollyanna Whittier. her room at aunt polly's was exactly as it had been when she was a little girl possibly the rugs were a shade more worn and the brass bed a trifle tarnished but the pictures on the walls and the very wallpaper, for that matter were the same nancy's sister worked for aunt polly now but she looked so like nancy ten years before that pollyanna was continually calling her by that name and then begging her pardon it gave her a feeling of youth and inexperience to be addressed everywhere as pollyanna or miss pollyanna out of all the town the fisher family alone recognized her matronly dignity addressing her formally as mrs pendleton when meeting her and then sweeping past with an air of great aloofness sometimes i almost feel pollyanna wrote jimmy as if our year together were a beautiful dream when i wake up in the morning and look around my little room i almost wonder if it's time to start for school and if i know my lessons isn't it queer how one can change so much oneself while the rest of the world seems to stay just the same aunt polly furnished the theme of many of pollyanna's letters she had a feeling as if she were just becoming acquainted with this surprising relative you never saw anything like aunt polly jimmy she wrote him on one occasion she's the spirit of seventy-six embodied she's the head of the red cross here and it's astonishing how much the women accomplish there's a mrs newman who's come here since we were married and is aunt polly's right-hand man but even the ones who aren't as competent as she is are so in earnest that it does your heart good to see them and aunt polly leads them on like a general i'm proud to be a humble relative though she carried a bright face along the shaded streets of beldingsville and spoke as cheerily as if she did not have a care in the world and worked incessantly pollyanna was secretly living for jimmy's furlough she would have two weeks of him to herself before he was assigned for duty at one of the cantonments it had been arranged that she should motor with mr and mrs pendleton to plattsburgh when jimmy's period of training was ended and bring him back in the automobile sometimes the hours we have longed for most make the greatest demands on our courage and so it was with pollyanna for when the three of them motored to plattsburgh pollyanna's heart singing like a bird jimmy had something to tell her that ruthlessly checked that music he had a lieutenant's commission pollyanna was surprised not to find him a captain and he had volunteered for immediate overseas duty they were in need of engineers and had accepted him pollyanna held her hand against her heart as she listened war puts the quality of men and women to the test but no soldier going over the top in the face of murderous fire ever needed courage more than pollyanna did at that moment yet when he dared look down at her she was smiling we've got two weeks anyway said pollyanna two whole weeks fourteen days how how many hours would that be jimmy you know i'm not good at arithmetic it had always amazed her that jimmy could perform such complicated arithmetical processes without the aid of pencil and paper almost immediately he told her that fourteen days were three hundred and thirty-six hours and pollyanna clutched at the information thankfully three hundred and thirty-six she rolled the numerals under her tongue and would not let herself think how swiftly an hour passes but something of her old childish resentment at the necessity for sleep came flooding back upon her it seemed hard to be forced to waste in oblivion the hours that might have been spent in living three hundred and thirty-six hours has an impressive sound but when every day swallows twenty-four of them at a gulp they dwindle fast every day that passed pollyanna felt it harder to be herself she grudged every moment that jimmy was out of her sight she was almost angry with jamie for taking time to read to him some patriotic articles he had been preparing when her husband looked at her she was always smiling but sometimes the smile was a little forced and the lips rather white the night before jimmy left she did not sleep a moment she lay tense and wakeful listening to his tranquil breathing praying for him loving him thanking god that whatever the future held she was his forever and in the morning it was a lieutenant of the american expeditionary forces that broke down and wept pollyanna's eyes were tearless my little love my little wife forgive me for bringing this heartbreak on you pollyanna lifted her eyes and the memory of that steadfast face colorless but illumined by some mystic radiance was something he would carry with him while he lived jimmy dearest i want you to remember this whatever comes to us now the thing i am gladdest for in all the world is that we have had our year together outside the house the horn of john pendleton's car honked warningly there was time for one more kiss this was good-bye chapter twenty one recording by claire